Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli. Of course, you are you and you are me and I am you and we are all one. And today's guest knows more about the constructs of reality than we all do. We have a lot to learn from the wonderful, hilarious, fantastic, really down to earth, relatable Jessa Reed. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite podcasts. I don't know exactly when I became, I feel like I've always kind of been aware of, of Jessa as a comedian, uh, having done stand up uh, and, and just kind of being in that world, knowing like, oh yeah, she's like really, really funny. I think I saw her on This Is Not Happening on Comedy Central, where she, still, uh, where she tells some amazing, hilarious stories. So go check that out. All the links are in the description. You can get access to all of her stuff in those uh, links. Go to her YouTube channel and everywhere else. But, uh, but yeah, and, and then I heard her on This Is The Rainbow Brain Skull Hour with Ramin Nazer, past podcast guest, and Noah... Lampert of Synchronicity, who will be back on the show soon, uh, as well as actually Miguel Connor, my good friend uh, over at Aeon Byte Gnostic Radio, had her on recently as well. And so I, I, I listened to her podcast. I, as I say in this episode, I, I binged some of her new podcast, Awakening OD, Awakening Orientation Department. And I was just like hooked. I was just like, man, wow, this is, she's, I saw so many similarities in our stories, uh, you know, in just in terms of um, reality, seeing reality, the constructs of reality, consciousness, alien beings, entities, dimensions, timelines, this sort of thing. So I was really, really interested in what she had to say, and her story is phenomenal. So with this podcast, we kind of just hop in and just get going. This wasn't, you know, I didn't want to do one of those podcasts where we just retell the same story. Uh, so I included links in for Jessa uh, for all of her other podcasts. So Awakening OD, Awakening Orientation Department, where she, as an eighth dimensional being disguised as a comedian, reluctantly shares pointers for life in the matrix. I also included MATM. Mormon and the Meth Head, which is a comedy podcast uh, she hosted starting in uh, 2018. I believe it went from 2018 to, to 2020, uh, but that's up there too. And then also Soberish, which uh, is her other podcast about consciousness and awakening as well. Uh, and I put those up there as well as links. She was just on Duncan Trussell, so DTFH, where uh, I started listening, and I think they got it. They did a really good. Well. Duncan did a really good job, and Jess as well as getting into her story, her life, um, that kind of thing. And we touch on it here, but we also kind of have fun and trade stories. You know, this was really just a, a fun conversation um, and an insightful conversation. It was really, I don't know, it, it felt like when we started talking, I was just like, oh, yeah, like I feel like I know this person, or I, I wanted to know her more, but I felt like really connected and, and relatable and and yeah, so we just kind of hit the ground running and, and got into it here. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, like I said, this was one of my favorite podcasts, so hopefully you guys will enjoy it too. We're already getting some comments. I released this early on Patreon, and I, we've already been getting comments saying that this is uh, fantastic, amazing, one of the best. And uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Jess is just like completely, just totally 
a wonderful human alien being. Uh, really, really super awesome to be releasing this, uh, and uh, and to have met her and 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 chatted with her. It's just great. So uh, yeah, before we get into it, let's do the thing where I have to sell you stuff because I need to eat food to exist in this human body. So I gotta tell you about some things that you would also like. Maybe I'll put some music to that. I don't know. I'm just recording this now. Maybe I'll be lazy and I won't. And I'll just leave that in. And you'll just get the DDD as my vocal piano noises. Sheath underwear, as you guys know, sheath underwear, what can I say? I mean, you know, when you are in this human meat suit 3D reality, you need to, you know, wear underwear because when you wear a pair of jeans without underwear, it hurts, right? It's, you don't want to be free balling in a pair of jeans and you don't want to be wearing it. What are you going to do? Go get one of those, you know, five pack underwears that are made out of sandpaper and, you know, will give you a, a, a rash and, you know, then you're sweating and it's, it's, it's gross. Being a human being is gross. We're sweaty. We're hairy. We're gasping for air. You know, we're we're putting food in our bodies, and we're farting and defecating and peeing. There's fluids everywhere, and you're sweating, and things get munched up and munched up. <laughs> Hopefully, not munched, crunched up and smashed up. And so, sheath underwear is the solution. Okay, it's the solution, right? Like, look at me, like a like a real professional podcast ad reader. Sheath underwear is the solution to se- separate your man parts. You know, actually, that's that's the way to do it. That's the way to sell you guys. Like the Dyson guy with that really smooth, sexy, seductive British accent. Sheath underwear separates your man parts. Never sweaty, never a mess. Always separate and always comfortable. That's right, that sheath underwear made with special moisture-wicking fabric, bamboo and comfortable microfiber technology. That's sheath underwear. Sheathunderwear.com. How many times can I say sheath underwear in sheath underwear? Buy a pair of sheath underwear. Buy a pair of sheath underwear. They're really comfortable. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic. You get 20% off. You help the show. You help me. You help sheath. They're a a local Colorado hometown family-friendly company. They love comedy. They love podcasts. And they love supporting people. Hey, maybe you want to get a sheath sponsorship. They'll send you a pair of underwear. You start promoting it. Message me. I'll hook you up. Sheath is the best. Truly. And the pouch comes in handy for lots of things. Let's just say you're going to a club, you're going to a concert, you're going to a festival. You got a pouch in your underwear if you know what I'm talking about. So it's really, really handy. You can put, you know, things in there, mainly things that are attached to your body or other things. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. You decide what goes in the pouch. You decide how to use it. But it's super comfortable, and I love them. So sheathunderwear.com, promo code Mikeadelic for 20% off. Check out Mushroom Revival. The link is in the description. All the links are down there. You know, uh, I only promote stuff that I like, uh, so I use their stuff. Uh, of course, I, I love sheath. I'm wearing them right now. I'm actually only wearing sheath underwear right now, uh, which is great, um, and, a, and a Metallica t-shirt. But uh, but they're they're great. So I only promote things that I absolutely love. You guys know that, and I'm just kind of like you know recommending them. You know whatever, buy them, don't buy them, but whatever, do whatever you want. Obviously, you're gonna do whatever you want, but really, do what I tell you to do. 
Uh, <clears throat> they're great. You're going to love them. So check them out. And it's the perfect time as the weather's getting warmer, except we just got dumped on here in Colorado. 19 inches of snow. I had to dig my car out this morning. It was uh, treacherous, but, uh, but fun. It's fun. Uh, go play in the snow if you can. It's great. But now it's warm. It's getting sunny and, and warming up a little bit. So it's a good sign. Student Loan Tutor, check them out. Link in the description. Just you know, schedule a consultation. Tell them, tell, tell them that I sent you. Okay, there's no like promo thing or link thing. Just say I sent you. Everybody needs help with student loans. So check them out. They might be able to help you. They might not. They might say, yeah, we could totally help you. They might say, who, what the fuck? Who, what, this sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, this student loan tutor? No, this is an offshore ga uh, gambling operation. And then you place a bet. Maybe you'll win some money. Who knows? That's how reality works. It's synchronicity. What are the odds? What are the chances? What are you going to do right now? What action have you taken based upon what I've already said? You know, you get a pair of sheath underwear in the mail it comes on a particular day you put it on then all of a sudden you know it it, it makes you feel like you you have a lot more freedom a lot more space down there now all of a sudden your third eye is activated you're able to see multiple dimensions and, and reality and communicate with beings all because of sheath underwear right i mean there's no telling to what could happen when you have your when you have your man parts separated by their dual pouch technology, that's sheath underwear, the most sophisticated pair of underwear. Okay, I don't need to do that anymore. Well, this is great. Anyway, I just released uh, <laughs> I just released seven episodes, but I actually deleted one because we were on ketamine when we recorded it. So if you want to hear that one, it's on Patreon. But this is my new podcast. It's a comedy podcast. It's called Dosedelic, working title. Don't know if I like it yet. Dose, kind of a double on uh, But it's, uh, who knows what we're going to do with it. But check it out. I released it on the main Mikeadelic podcast feed. So it's really, really different than anything that I've put out on Mikeadelic. I mean, it's kind of similar because it's me and we're talking about the same kind of stuff. Similar types of things that we're talking about with Jessa on this show. I think this show is, re it's, you know, it's really funny, but it's also really insightful and, um, you know, has a lot of good information and wisdom in there too. So from Jessa, of course. And, um, but Dosedelic is this new show that I've been doing on, on Patreon. It's sort of been like my open mic beta testing ground to see if, if people like this kind of thing. So I don't know if I'm going to release this as a separate podcast. I'm leaning in that direction of it being a separate podcast just because it's a completely different style than the show. I don't know. Would it be weird if one episode of Mike Adelic were talking about really serious ethical use of plant medicines and reciprocity and, you know, the Amazon and conservation and, you know, uh, therapeutic uses of, of ketamine. And then the next episode, we're just on a whole bunch of ketamine and then like, you know, making fart jokes, farting into the microphone and, st and stuff like that. So that's out. You got six episodes. It was seven until I took the one that we were really high on and just put that on Patreon for you. So you go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank and get bonus episodes. Be a part of the inner sanctum, the discord server chat, all that good stuff. There's a lot of stuff. We're building family community. We're having a really good time. It's really fun. Jessa also has an amazing Patreon where she puts out, I think like four episodes a month or something, maybe more. So check that out. All the links, everything that you would possibly want to know is in 
the show description. So click, you know, scroll through that. I organize it in a very nice, professional, neat way. So go check it out. And, um, you know, if you like what you hear from Jessa, show her some love. Repost it on Instagram. Post it on Twitter. Post it. Share it. Like it. Tell people about it. Share it around. Spread it around. We're, uh, you know, independent podcasters in this world trying to uh, curve a little slice of the pie from the big technocratic oligarchs. So um, <clears throat> help us out. If you like it, you know what to do. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. So subscribe to Mike Adelic, Subscribe to Awakening OD. You know, subscribe. Show, show the love. Share what you like. And, uh, you know, that, that's just me saying these things to give you guys a reminder, you know. But you know what to do. You know what to do when you like stuff right? You're, you, you, you guys, you guys get it. You're hip. You're with it. Anyway, someone who's, uh, who's really with it is today's guest, Jessa Reed. Uh, she is fantastic. And I absolutely love this conversation. Hope you guys too. Without further ado, let's get into this conversation with the amazing, hilarious comedian, super tapped in ambassador from the Galactic Federation to shine a light in our 3D reality and help us see the way in this apocalyptic Mad Max dystopian hellhole of a matrix that has been programmed so that we can figure out what the code is and reprogram it. Jessa Reed. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. You know, we can reenact that whole process. It's so interesting <laughs> of the audio connection and everything. But it does. Like, I'd say nine out of ten podcasts start like that. It, um, I have social anxiety. And it's it's mostly with strangers. Like, once I've talked to someone a couple times, it's okay. But I, I get a huge dump of adrenaline when I... Uh, have to talk to someone I don't know and so it's already weird for me at the beginning of podcasts and it's so much worse when I have to meet a stranger and then I have to like play with my computer while they play with their computer and then we can't it's I hate it I want to I want to watch a video podcast of compilations of all of those people playing with their computers and testing their audio for just four hours yes oh god my (laughs) nightmare yeah, or when people are on like Zoom calls and they're like, "All right, see ya, bye, bye." <laughs> every 
every live stream I do, the button is just never intuitively where the exit button should be. Or I was using crowd something for a while. Crow- and yeah, you, Crowdcast, yeah. Yeah, and you have to hit exit nine times. There's nine. Are you sure? Are you really sure? What about this? And then so that everyone's just watching me. Bye. And then... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that should be like one of those uh, remembering 2020 compilation videos of just everyone like on their Zoom meetings and their yeah. offices like, <laughs> in that stuck in that uh, mirror world dimension or something. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think I like binged your podcast to some extent, like maybe five, six episodes a few weeks ago. And, and I was just like, why haven't I talked to Jessa before? And then I saw you were on uh, with Ramin and Noah's like, oh yeah, she's great. She's the best. Like, <laughs> she's oh, just absolutely the best. Like living in abundance. Forget about it. Don't even worry. <laughs> oh my God. Am I excited to have found another excellent Noah impression? Oh, thank you. Yeah. He's, he's quite the, the character. So. The ketamine gnome, I call him. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, I think I remember him from like galactic memories and he's like exactly the same in every incarnation. He's just like in the corner uh, doing some sort of infomercial for ketamine and uh, (laughs) spewing positivity. All right, here's the thing, guys. Ketamine, it makes you feel good. It's just good. It's just good for you. Just do it. It's it's perfect. It's great. All right, everything's going to be great. Everything's fine. Yeah. I actually, funny you brought that up. I just got uh, injected with ketamine yesterday on the government dime. Official ketamine therapy? Yeah. How is it? Unbelievable. I'm pretty sure I've injected it, but the government wasn't involved. Um, (laughs) And how much do you do? Like how many times do you have to go back? So the, uh, so this is my first time having it injected. I've, I've went before and I've had, uh, lozenges, um, hundred milligram lozenges. And so now I'm going once a week, they injected me for my first time yesterday. I say on the government cause it's covered by my Medicaid insurance, which is really sweet, uh, that they're covering that. Um, wow. yeah, it's really awesome. Like I was, I just, when it came on, I was just sitting there in the chair, just like dying laughing i was like i can't believe i get to do this on like a tuesday afternoon and it's totally fine there's like doctors and stuff here so it was 60 milligrams they shot me up with yesterday and it was it was beautiful it was amazing it was like really really healing i i suffer from chronic depression so it's just you know yeah i was doing research in that recently um because i can't believe how many of those those clinics just popped up i felt like they have been talking about researching using mushrooms for therapy or whatever for a long time and nothing's really come of it. And then I feel like the first time I heard them mention ketamine, there was 12 uh, clinics in town. So I was doing some research into it and it's for like depression that hasn't responded to other medications only or anyone with chronic depression. I think, I think anybody, you know, it's just, it's just such a unique compound. It's so distinctly different than other forms of psychedelics and other forms of, uh, you know, psychoactive compounds. So it's just really, really good. Like I've, you know, I lived in the Amazon rainforest and worked at an ayahuasca center. I've routinely take mushrooms and uh, grow them. I I live here in Denver where they're decriminalized. So that's, that's a plus. And um, this has been the one thing that has really like, it hasn't taken the depression away, but it just doesn't go as low as it would normally go. Interesting. It, it, you, just, you just don't bottom out into the into the abyss 
for me, I, I don't anymore. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that they're using it. Yeah. When I woke yeah. up in the, in the like 2000, we were doing those like club drugs. So it was like ketamine, psychedelics, uh, ecstasy and listening to electronic music and watching light shows. And I was like, I think higher consciousness is like, we're going to access it through this. And they're like, everyone, you think that because you're doing that. And then I'll be damned. It's light, it's music and it's copious amounts of drugs. Yeah. We're, we're missing the music element now with this whole pandemic thing, which really sucks. Um, I went to a socially distanced indoor concert recently. Yeah. And it was eerie, eerie and dystopian. It just felt so strange. It was uh, this group called Desert Dwellers. They're like a tribal bass electronic, you know, it's the kind of music you need to like party in Zion in the Matrix, you know, sweaty right. and get and get into it. And it was so weird. And I, I told my friends it felt like being at a TED talk where there was a musical performance, you know, because everyone had their sectioned off tables. So they like came out and they're like, uh, hey, uh, hope you guys enjoy these um, tribal oh, beats. No. Yeah. And we were, I was just like, what, what are we in a fucking concentration camp? This is insane. <laughs> like the military's backstage, like you got an hour to play. And it just felt so strange. And so I'm like, yeah, that, that, but that's a component that we're missing for, for the total awakening, I think. So we got to be, dancing and grooving with each other we could do it in our houses i'm uh using a lot of binaural beat stuff or like frequency stuff off of youtube for meditating oh yeah what ha, have you found uh because i heard that you have to be careful with some of that for the people that that make it certain hertz or frequencies or something have you heard that i have heard that i'm uh i figure with the life i've led i'm probably going to be all right with some with some youtube frequencies <laughs> you know what i mean but I uh, I usually learn by making giant sweeping mistakes, but I what have happened? found that meditating. Like, oh, sorry. Like, what I was just saying, like, what happened to Jessa? Like, what? what like, <laughs> that was it. it was just 440 hertz, man. It was just too much. <laughs> that was the thing that finally did it. Yeah. Um. No, I found. I just discovered meditating. I don't. <laughs> I don't, have you heard of meditating? No, tell me about it. Um, I don't know that I'm even, uh, it's just one of these things because everyone else is into it. I'm like a, an enlightenment hipster. So mm -hmm. no yoga, no meditating, no centering or getting into my body or grounding or taking care of myself in any way, shape or form. And I was kind of forced to start. And um, I think I have meditated. I just didn't do it the way I just don't do what I'm told, but I've been doing this thing after like my morning bath where I play one of these videos that are supposed to give you a lot of energy and the binaural beats for a lot of energy. And then I put like the, the Bluetooth speaker above my head and then I lay there and I don't know how to describe it other than you get you get to stay in that hypnagogic state. Something about the music being so loud at the top of your head won't let you go all the way to sleep, but you can go like so deep into the hypnagogic state that I've been able to like kind of astral project or lucid dream, two things I also never was able to do intentionally. 
Um, so I don't know. I probably figured out something that everyone else knows. Yeah. Why, why does it have to be on top? Like if you wear headphones, then you'll go to sleep or something or I just don't have the headphones for it. My AirPods give me some kind of weird technology headache sometimes. Oh, do you get that? I, I just got them. I'm not, I, I, I just got the new ones like recently. I've only been wearing them for like two months. Oh, I love them, but they'll, they'll like hurt my head sometimes. They'll, um, hurt like my, even these headphones will give me that sometimes, but, um, no, I want to get some good, comfortable, like regular over the ear headphones for that. But so far I only have the speaker. So I've just been using the speaker and this is just kind of, I was just fucking around when I discovered it, but I can go into that like state and play around in the in-between for like an hour. Oh, wow. With that music on. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Like instantly. So fast because I'll be sitting there. My mind's racing. This is the issue with me and trying to do any type of stealing my mind. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. I might as well just get up and work or something. Cause what, and then I'm just out, I'm just out within, so it's like six to 15 minutes at the most. And then the song is usually around an hour. And as soon as the song ends, I've like consciously been like, Oh, I'm getting back into my body. And, uh, I think this is just what everyone's been doing with meditating and I am talking about it. Like I just discovered it, but yeah, well, some people can't, I mean, like it's hard to get to that place. Just, um, I'm able to go there. Have you ever done float tanks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, every time I've ever been a float tank, I spend the entire time. Like, have I been in here seven hours? I'm like, <laughs> Did relaxed they about me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they definitely forgot about me. Did the building burn down? What is, how long am I going to be in here? And my mind doesn't slow down for a second. I see a lot of stuff. Cause I see a lot of stuff whenever the room's dark, but I've never, it's just too much with the, with the brain. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, I try and um, eat like an edible or actually do a little something else, maybe a little ketamine. Oh, yeah, that would help. <laughs> yeah, it can be ketamine. It, yeah, it's legal. Uh, ketamine lozenges are legal because I didn't know those existed, but now I want to know where I can find some. Yeah, just go to, I think you go to a doctor and get a script. Okay. I'll yeah. have to find a doctor. But you're, okay, so you're sober, so you don't. Right? Like, is that, do you not engage with, with any substances or do, or do you like psychedelics or? I do psychedelics. I'm joking about ketamine. I don't know. I'm sure I would do ketamine at this point if I had the opportunity. I was stone cold sober for seven years, like nothing. I would do nothing. And then kind of took me that long to figure out my own identity as someone uh, who is an addict. And, um, then I did mushrooms a couple times in 2012. And then I think it was like another five years. I didn't do anything. And now I do psychedelics whenever I feel like it. I don't like alcohol. Weed makes me crazy. I, um, wouldn't ever do anything like Adderall or anything speed like, because like, I think I was addicted to that substance specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I quit cause I was bored. I mean, I really, I let it run its course and then I quit cause I was done Yeah. and I never had a desire to use again. And the seven years of, of complete sobriety was easy. 
And um, it took me a really long time to kind of realize that addiction isn't a one size fits all thing because I was in like regular recovery. And for a long time, I was like, I don't think I really resonate with some of this like desperation and stuff that other people experience because I I just kind of did it till I didn't feel like doing it anymore. And then I just kind of stopped. And so I was very careful the first few times I did it. I actually really, really enjoy being sober. I really enjoy reality now. And I liked drugs because I thought reality was very boring. But once you start getting into the other corners of reality and find out that you can actually play with it, then I'm like, fine with being sober. Yeah, when you're like, I I can relate to that because I was, you know, 16 years old. I grew up in New York and, you know, like we go, I I remember going to like Limelight in New York City or like Sound Factory at like 16 with a fake ID, taking ecstasy and just like, you know, having the time of my life because everything else sucked. Yeah. You know, it seemed like default reality was like the the demo version of the video game. I was like, this is boring. Like, I just want to like play the actual game. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, People do drugs. I think a lot of people do drugs to escape pain or like to drink a lot, to like escape pain or grief. In movies, when people are drinking while grieving, I'm always like, what are you doing? No, no, no. The bone's not going to set right, you know? Um, (laughs) Feel that pain, feel that. And so I've never really been afraid of that pain specifically i've never really been afraid of but there was like a disillusionment from from early childhood as soon as they start giving the adults start giving you their narrative of reality i was like wait a second i didn't <laughs> sign up for this what i have to get a job then people tell me what to do f- to for what to have stuff no <laughs> no and so drugs same thing i was a teenager on a ton of psychedelics and smoking weed every day and drinking. And I was just trying to escape the matrix. I was just, I was trying to make it interesting. And I, I think that that's, you know, I, I woke up while on meth and then there just kind of came a point where I was like, I think I realized I could access higher parts of reality without the drugs. And then I just kind of didn't care about the drugs anymore. Yeah, I think I, I think I've heard you tell that story, and like, you know, I know how it is to be on a bunch of podcasts, and you just like retell the same shit. So I'm glad that we're kind of like just hitting it off like this. But uh, but yeah, if you like, if you don't mind, what what was that moment, that awakening moment for you? What happened there? The uh, near death, oh, the awakening, awakening. Um, yeah, I was just thinking the other day because I've taken a long break off of doing podcasts because some health stuff I was dealing with, and uh, the idea of t- telling stories that I told so many times is like fuck. Um, yeah, you can throw throw a little extra spicy nuggets in there. Yeah, I'll just want, start making know? shit up. I'm going to make yeah. up a whole new story. There's a whole <laughs> new version. So I was um, working for the CIA and I was in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> I hung out it's a little on the nose i hung out at a club in downtown portland called the ohm and i died there probably ghb probably ghb there was some other stuff going on but the symptoms now looking back i don't remember doing ghb but we had it all the time and i go back to a big blue ball of light it's like where i wake up the last thing i remember is i could see music coming out of the speakers It was the first time I'd ever seen energy. There was just like purple and pink and it was like coming out like a cartoon 
would do, you know? And that day through some just dumb drug drama, I learned the lesson that nothing outside of you, good or bad, can determine your perception of that reality. Like you get to decide that. And that was extremely profound for me. So I was walking to the club and I was telling everyone I found the secret to happiness, which is just, that's bumper sticker shit right now. But it's, it's like, this was very profound 21 years ago. And so anyway, I wake up in this big blue ball of light. I don't have a body and I'm just one with this light. It's just vibrating light. And I didn't understand what vibration or any of this stuff meant before this moment, but I immediately understand everything. And I am individual yet part of this light. And this light is definitely this place I've been homesick for my entire life. So I always had that kid dropped off on the planet vibe. Yeah. And it said, you can do every, or you did everything you came to do. You learned everything you went to learn. You can stay here if you want, but if you want to go back, we have a job for you. And there was some more interaction and it's weird because it communicated without words. So when I did wake up, I, I heard my brain turn translated into words. It's fucking weird. So I decided to go back. And as I'm coming back, I had to live my entire life to get to the present moment, which you hear people talk about your entire life flash before your eyes. I don't know if this is what they're talking about. Cause I always pictured that as some sort of movie, but this was, I was an infant. Then I was a toddler. Then I was a teenager on fast forward to where, when I woke up, I was sucking my thumb and, um, I just like a completely different person after that experience. Like I knew, and understood everything. I could see where everyone was coming from. I could hear, I had a little bit of discernment before that, but I could hear what people were actually saying. I mean, I had the wiring under the board. And then for the rest of my meth addiction, I was um, (laughs) trained by aliens, which, you know, meth, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish that was a part of Breaking Bad. Like Jesse yeah. just gets, he's just like, dude, Walter, I'm telling you, man, it's the aliens. They want us to do this. But uh, but that's that's amazing. I wonder for you, because I've had um, a similar experience, and um, although it was in an ayahuasca ceremony, uh, but uh, after that, it was like tremendously difficult to come back and plug back in and like, navigate the in-between territory like okay that exists and that's true you know so i went into like a dark night of the soul as they call it kind of period after did that happen for you too oh my god did you try to kill yourself (sighs) sorry i (laughs) I did i didn't attempt it but i was definitely considering it a lot yeah i for some reason i was very exaggerated a lot back then so the a lot of my memories are like i don't uh, I remember saying that there were a lot more attempts than I can physically remember. I only remember two attempts, but I, um, tried to go back. I think it was only like a few weeks of being awake. And I mean, like completely aware that this is not real out of nowhere. I got a sense forever and was something of a seeker, but had never, connected anything like this. And then I had that fool, the sky is falling. Oh my God, guys, stop what you're doing. And the realization that you can't wake anyone else up. 
that nothing you can say will make anyone understand you was so isolating. And, and then the bliss, the, the feeling of the bliss, I, it took me a while to forget it. It took probably a couple months to forget what that bliss felt like. And so I just wanted to go back. I was like, okay, well, they gave me the option of door number one and door number two. This is obviously not the right door. So I would like take backs, please. And so I remember one night there was a, a space over the house and I screamed, cried, running down uh, the driveway, like, take me with you, like sincerely so desperate to go home. And um, two two attempts that I remember were I hung myself in the bathroom and I woke up in my bed the next day. The thing I hung myself with was nowhere to be found, like never existed and no roommates knew anything about how I got into my bed. And I now know that I, that if you try to leave the, the thing, you just hop timelines to one where you live. So I might've actually died on that timeline, but you just rush and doll back into this fucking reality. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so like they lost me in that one probably, but like I just woke up on a different one where I never had that fucking belt. Um, and then Damn, the, the wow. next time was a, was a, uh, bottle of pills. And I woke up in a guy's house, a friend's house after like three, three or four days had passed. And he, I couldn't like, how'd I go to the bathroom? Like what, where did those days go? You know? And time's weird on math, but there was, there was days because I know that because I had borrowed someone's car to go over there and do that. And they had, uh, called it in stolen. So I knew that I'd been gone for four days. So then I stole their car again and went to, and locked myself in the, the, um, mental hospital or the psychiatric ward at the hospital, which was, you know, not like a new, uh, vibe for me, but I was just like, listen, I woke up, like put me back to sleep. And so they put me on some antipsychotics and it didn't put me back to sleep. It just made my avatar work in slow motion. So I was just like, <laughs> all right, I guess we're here. I guess I'm staying in this. Yeah. Damn. Well, I like that's yeah. Wow. I I can that's that's some I don't have any words right now. That's <laughs> but, that's that's wild. Um but you you talk about like one thing I love about you Jessa is that you talk about it so matter-of-factly. Like even when listening to your podcast, it's almost like begrudgingly or reluctantly like, look, here's the fucking deal. Okay. Like this is what's <laughs> going on. All right. Get with the, like here it's, but it's funny, you know, and, and it's, I feel like it's true. Like it sounds, everything you're saying, like I completely understand. I feel like there's people that maybe, you know, don't really get it. Was it, was it weird for you to sort of like come out as the new Jessa? Yeah. Um, the weirdest part is how well it went, but I, yeah, I was, I did uh, a meth apprenticeship with the aliens for five years and then I got clean. And when I got clean, I went back to sleep, which I, and I just define awake as knowing you're in a video game asleep in, in, for thinking it's real. And you know, we all do that a hundred times a day. Right. But, right. um, I would tell you, 
because I, I, I got so much information in those five years. And so for the, the two and a half years that I was asleep, I just was like, Oh, I guess that was a drug bullshit. You know, I don't know. I, I would tell you, like, I know that I used to be able to do these things. I used to have these abilities, but I can't access those files anymore. And, um, then they came back and then I had kids and they went away for a little bit and then whatever. So 2017, everything really kind of kicked in big time. And I started ascending again or whatever, started going through massive awakenings, working through like big programming trauma stuff. I had more of what I call fourth dimensional mental space awakening. I didn't have that activated emotional space yet. And so that's a bitch. And so I worked on that and then I, as soon as that opens up, I start to kind of get this pressure from the aliens who never really went away, but I never really publicly talked about them. You had to know me very well to know that that was a big part of my life because I learned that, um, you can't wake anyone up. And if you, even if you do, they will go back to sleep and resent you. And I learned to just keep it quiet. And I'm also weird in that when people started seeing, I don't like the new age movement, you know, I'll stop criticizing them at some point, but it's so much bullshit. No, <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> it's, it's so much bullshit. And it, it, it's, it's got the words. It drives me nuts. Cause they use our, like they use words that, and, and concepts that are true, but then they apply all this shame and guilt. So rather than being like, when you are able to reach a place of positivity, you will be able to create these things easier. It's like, why aren't you being positive? It's like shaming you for being authentic, which is the most important thing is, is knowing who you really are. Right. And so a lot of why I kept it quiet was because I didn't want to be associated with them with that thing. And it's, it's kind of hard to, to, that's why I use so much computer video game stuff is to try to like, get away from that high, high vibe. Keep it. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the aliens were like shit or get off the pot basically in July, 2019. And, um, my life had completely lined up for this without me realizing I got my first comedy thing at 40. I moved to LA. I started a podcast, which then put me into this podcast place. I started soberish, which was my first spirituality podcast as a something else. And then that fell apart. So then I was just stuck with a podcast and then they were like, and I was, hadn't paid my rent, didn't have rent money in three months. I had to borrow it. And they were like, all right, now do it, do your job. Like, this is what you said you would do 20 years ago. And I was like, well, 20 years ago I was on drugs and in my early twenties, now you want me to come. I'm like someone's mother, you want me to come out and say, uh, you know, I work for the Galactic Federation? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and so I did it and I just expected everyone to be like, well, Jessa has snapped. And what ended up happening was thousands of people came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, thank God someone finally said it. Nice. Um, yeah. So I then probably came a little too far <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's awesome because you, you know, it's so in this space, it's so easy to get trapped in that, like, I don't know, woo woo manifestation, new agery type stuff. It's like such a, 
fine line to dance in between and be like, well, it's kind of like that, but not really because it's not without, like you said, that shame. Like, well, why don't you just manifest it? You know, like right. not thinking positively enough. So that's like real toxic and bullshit. And then, but you're like sort of talking about the similar realms and experiences. So it's like, where do you really fit in? Like, I, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting, but it's awesome because once you, said what you wanted to say and you spoke the truth in the way that you did, then like, there's so many other yous out there. They're like, Oh, finally, you know? Yeah. 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 And that created its own trap in the matrix. I, that was about six months. It was about halfway through 2019. And so then I didn't even really have a chance. Sobers was just kind of this meandering, uh, alien bullshit. You know, I didn't really even get a chance to catch a stride or figure out what it was I I wanted to do. I started doing readings, which was fun for a little bit. And, um, oh, what kind of readings I was doing tarot readings for, um, about a year and, you know, just like everything else I do, it's like, I never learned how to do anything. So it's, I, I can read synchronicities and things in the matrix very easily. I can get messages from it. So I just was like, got the cards and never learned what the cards meant and just used it for that. But I, I think I kind of stepped into as, as resistant as I was to it. I stepped into this kind of spiritual teacher role right before society collapsed. And I, um, took on a lot of like other people's stuff. I stopped being funny. Like the whole thing was just funny before that. And then I stopped being funny, which it was extremely difficult to be funny in 2020. So I don't regret it, but it, I learned a lot about what's mine, what's yours and what's ours and what is my responsibility. And there was just kind of, I think everyone's reeling. And so some people are like, well, what's, tell us what's going to happen. You know, it creates this kind of codependent thing, which I've had with other readers before, you know, I've, I've had that addiction with YouTube readers and stuff. So I don't know. It was, it was, uh, and then I got sick. I spent a lot of time being sick. And then there's the shame of being fucked up in the matrix when you're talking about how to operate in the matrix, but you can't figure out how to get yourself out. So 2020 was wild. That was the worst year of my life, but, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Cause that was, um, very, uh, complex version of the game, but I kind of feel like we're picky. I don't know. I, uh, I have some theories about what 2020 was, but I, they're not fleshed. Yeah. Out. Let's, let's, well, here, let's flush them out. Let's brainstorm. Let's jam on it. I'm going to, I'm going to close my window. It's getting kind of cold. So, but I can still hear you. What, uh, yeah, I'd love to, I'd okay. love to just like wildly speculate, get into theories. Let's, let's, what do you got? Do you have any experience with uh, noticing that time is a flat circle? Like, are you having any of these um, realizing that something almost the exact same happened last year, same day? Yes. Yeah. My current working theory is that... 2020 is when the civilization died, right? And so we all went into something that I was getting downloads about before it happened called the karmic washing machine. So it's like we're leaving a game about where we're unconscious and we're going into a game where we are conscious. That's obviously a process to come up out of that. But that the 2020 was like a speed round. 
And I feel like a lot of people knew something was coming and there was like an excitement and an exhilaration, but the energy of what we thought was coming was not the energy of what ended up happening. And I feel like I'm picking up what what to say March 10th, 2020, like mm-hmm. 2020 happened. It was some sort of zombie timeline, but we had to go like get all that shit out of our system. And now we're picking up again, but also that civilization doesn't exist anymore. The zombie timeline part. I noticed when I leave the house, I'm like, Oh, that, that world and those structures ended. And we're just in some sort of fever dream. Some people are trying to get it back. They're trying to have some pet cemetery relationship with the old reality. But in my own personal life, I'm having phone calls with people on the exact day last year where I put, I picked door number one and now I get to pick door number two and I'm changing the timeline, but it's the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Like I chose to stay enmeshed with someone. And so then we played out this whole thing. And then on the exact same day, I'm choosing not to. And so I'm taking a different path on a million different things. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure that if I thought about it, but I, I have this like general felt sense of that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to think that time, you know, I mean, like time is, is cyclical and, um, I like my, my friend's description of, uh, he, he, my friend, the ungoogleable Michelangelo says, um, <laughs> reincantation instead of reincarnation. So Ooh. that we, we have reincanted into our lives and are living the lives over again in real time. So instead of being like the life flashing before your eyes thing in fast forward, it's like in real time. So then you're there to sort of nudge yourself in those moments where you're like, make a different choice here, or you have an opportunity here. And I kind of just get that sense and kind of what you're talking about too, of like timelines and stuff. It's like, it all, it all feels that way for real. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. We've been talking about the, when you're doing that inner child work, you're going back to that child when they're having that experience and like actually changing their relationship with that experience, which then changes the present you. And that's how we keep evolving like out of this trauma is because we've actually like gone back. And then I think about when I was a kid and the sense, there's Lacey was saying this the other day, like the sense that um, someone was there with me. She said that she had the sense that someone was there with her. And then I was like, Oh my God, I had that all the time when I was a kid. If that's just me now going back and healing that child's wounds is bananas. Yeah. I think this game is so much, uh, more insane than we like, we're not even scratching the surface yet. Sorry. Of, um, what this is and how, many different timelines and dimensions and versions of ourselves that we have, uh, our hands in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that almost like if I have really deep experiences where I'm like in the, uh, you know, for, for example, and they're always, they're always psychedelic for me. I haven't really been able to access them non like in 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 not an altered state 
So the last experience I had, I, I took 11 grams of mushrooms on 11-11. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at 11-11, I weighed 11 and I took it at 11. <laughs> and I was wow. like, yeah, I was just like, just fucking around and just like, eh, why not? Let's just see what happens here. But I've been doing that for a while. And so I like build up to that stuff and I tend to do a big journey like every three months or so. Um, but this, and, and I, I consider it to be like a working relationship as well. You know, yeah. like there's, there's, def- I'm definitely in some kind of school outside. Like it is, it does feel like alien school. I have to say that's such a cool word, uh, a cool label, you know? Um, so the last experience I was like in this like infinite server farm of multicolored, like hieroglyphic computer servers in space, I guess some psychedelic, crazy fractal, insane place and these these sort of aliens if you will or entities were like giving me instructions and like yeah just like you know go back in time to your younger self program reprogram that moment repro like all these like infinite moments like if you ever saw interstellar when he goes in the tesseract at the end yeah and like they're all like the threads like i was like moving these threads and like unhooking uh tubes and putting them in other places and hopping switches down and like going back in time essentially to other instances and also for the future like i was programming stuff to happen in the future and it it just it was like i'm like what what this is really (laughs) happening like i don't know this is this is how it is yeah god i love it i've been um i was in hiding for most of the fall because i I've never had such a death. I think we die and reboot, especially if you're in this process, you're doing psychedelics, you're doing shadow work, you're doing any of this stuff. You're in that uh, ascension process. It is, it's just a series of deaths, right? And I've never just never had such a obvious death of whatever character I was playing and then went into some sort of void for months waiting for the new one to show up. <laughs> and so I was just hiding. I mean, it would. I had to like write out. I was doing like a Jessa impression to get a podcast out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this she would say this shit. Like, there's there's like five episodes of AOD out because I'm just kind of coming out of this because I was like, I have no, I don't have an opinion. I don't know what I believe. I you have a hard time convincing me that anything matters. You know. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, I was literally in the same space at the same time. Really? So Uh many people were. I get pictures of things on the trajectory when they're coming. And I, before COVID, I saw that there was going to be a glitter that was going to hit the planet that was going to force everyone into a karmic washing machine that would make you face your worst fears, whatever. And so it's COVID, I guess. And then... All I got for the fall from September to December was darkness. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know if the power is going to go down. I try not to predict too much of that stuff because if you look at a timeline, it doesn't manifest. But I didn't realize I that was the void that we were all going to spend the entirety of fall in. But holy shit. Um, and I think that that's probably a good thing because it means that you know, we're, we're making a big leap collectively, but I came out of that with a few new downloads. One of which is that you can't, the reason this process of ascension or waking up takes so long 
is because you're we're so enmeshed in the game that we just played that we keep trying to apply human laws to galactic stuff. And so just the, just the construct of right and wrong is so limiting and we're obsessed with the idea of trying to fit something or not right or wrong, good and bad. Well, is it good? Is it a good energy? Is it a bad energy? It's like just wanting to put this giant complicated energy into this square or round hole you can't do it. So you end up not able to truly understand this stuff. You have to go through and die and figure out your own stuff and, and experience trauma and do shadow work and whatever, just to be able to understand this one concept. And then the, uh, and so I realized how many things I wasn't understanding because I hadn't healed that part yet. Like I talked a lot about the parasitic structures. I still had a lot of this, like everything outside of me, the parasitic structures outside of me, we have to deal because parasites, you know, famously exist outside of the host. <laughs> and through this process and especially that void, I realized, Oh, those, I just have to heal that in myself. You know, it's not some big thing out there. The awakening, the new world isn't something out there. It's something that I create and heal inside of myself. And then the other big one was um, the, the new world or the utopia that we are headed, I, I believe we are headed towards, felt like some grand calling. It felt like some destiny that we need to get to some sort of finish line. And I've recently truly realized, cause I've had a conversation with Ramin where he was like, you know, we just go right back to sleep. Right. I mean, you know, that this never ends. You don't ever get off of this train. It's just, we wake up to go back to sleep. So I knew that, but I didn't know that, you know what I mean? It hadn't like soaked into my soul. And now I have realized that this is essentially getting out of the pool for a few thousand years or whatever. I don't think, I think time's different when you're awake, but just to go back in, like we're just taking a breather. We're taking a lunch break and then we're going back into the horror of the visceral um, reality. And so <laughs> probably don't need to take this so seriously and probably don't need to talk about spiritual awakening as if it's some, um, you know, we're just being like, I, we might actually be plugged into a VR mass somewhere. I might yeah. actually just be in some storefront fucking uh, VR place. And this is just the process of them like putting the thing in my IV and I'm like slowly waking up and it's just not that big of a deal. And it's not that sacred. I don't know. I'm just yeah, realizing. No, no, totally. I, I, yeah. Like, because it's awakening gets tied up in like, I think the first thing that comes to people's mind when they think of awakening or hear awakening or enlightenment is like total euphoric bliss. Like I'm just this white light. I'm just this angel. Everything's perfect. And it's like, you're not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not under you, you, you're doing something else. Like you want something else. And yeah. that's just not why, why do you even want that? It's boring. I've been there and it's just like, okay, it's pretty cool, but you don't want to be that all the time. Right. Cause then you're just like, what the fuck? Like that, like pause is a chance for you to like update your character in the video game. Like you get right. to like go, go, your character's just there. Like, you know, and like, you're just like, okay, well, let me attributes here and then plug back in and then go back in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, it, I, I, oh yeah. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, 
I had an experience under, uh, it was like six grand mushroom experience where, um, so have you ever seen the show Westworld? I'm watching it right now. Season one. Um, I have seen season one. I'm taking my boyfriend back through all TV shows that are about this shit. So we just finished season one. Okay, cool. So this was like four years before the show came out. And I had this six grand mushroom experience where, uh, like I had to go to the bathroom and it, for some reason, the bathroom on a psychedelic trip is always like, it's like this portal or something. Yes. It's so weird. Like, so I had this moment where I completely left my body and I woke up on this table and I, and these people were above me and it looked like the room where the robots wake up from in Westworld. Whoa. And, and they were like, oh, he, like, he, they were just having a casual conversation. They were like, oh, he like broke through. He like, uh, he, he like came through too early or something like, all right, get him back in or whatever. And I was just, it, I was just like, where the fuck am I? Like, did it, did I die? Like, and then I was thinking like, shit, my brother's wedding's coming up. Like I'm going to be dead in the bathroom. And be like, <laughs> like, you know, like psychedelics did this, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give a bad name to the, just to drugs and stuff. And so like, <laughs> It's psychedelics, you know, and um, <laughs> I like that. That's where you went. That you weren't like my brother's wedding, my poor brother's <laughs> wedding. You were like, oh my god, the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna give a bad name to the progress of psychedelics. What are the people at Maps gonna think of me? Yeah, um, but 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 it was it was uh, you know vivid. It was real. I was there, and and then like years later when that show came out, I just like got chills, and I was like, holy shit! Like I I was there. Oh my god. Like, yeah, they were like they seemed like kind of alien humanoid, and they were like they're like oh put him back in, plug him back in. Like he he went too far, he popped through. We got to get him back, and I was just like whoa, what the fuck? Wow, I um yeah, that's also like what I never even thought about how in Westworld that's exactly what people who remember alien abductions um yeah report. Are you on Clubhouse? I am. I am lurking on Clubhouse. I okay. it is the only social media that comes with the social anxiety of having to talk to people in person. So I just watch. I haven't found anything good. Do you have good recommendations of things to listen to? Because it's mostly how to how to get followers, or it's just the shit. You know, it's like <laughs> how to, seminars. Yeah, how, to, how to how to how to how to turn your. Uh, your depression into NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was, I bring it up because I was in a room called we are all aliens and uh, I just popped in and they were talking about alien abductions and then, the, and then it led to like trauma. Um, but a lot of cool stuff, a lot of like that kind of Zachariah Sitchin alien races. I, the guy, the people that ran the room had some quiz to take, like find out what race you are or something. Wow. I'm, an I'm an Anunnaki. Really? Yeah. Sick. Sick. Yeah. The, uh, the galactic history stuff I was never really into. I mean, I knew I was an alien, but uh, the aliens told me that. And I understood that what we think everyone is human, but there's actually like fairies and uh, gnomes and um, dwarves and 
in human bodies. And if you look at people for the different species, you can see, you can like energetically see in their faces and suffer in their personalities. But, and then a fuck ton of aliens and then a bunch of just regular humans. And um, I've been getting into this kind of galactic history stuff or the history of earth and these different species. I can't consume too much of that stuff because it just starts to sound like nothing to me, but I really like that show initiation. And, um, I, we were just talking about Westworld and this cycle, there seems to be this cycle with gods and aliens and consciousness in general, where, the God or the alien, the higher being creates, makes a creation. And from what I can tell, it, it makes the creation to enslave it. Like it makes the creation to get it to find gold. You know, this is how we got one, one iteration of humans, but then there is another side that desire. I'm probably butchering this, the desires to give it consciousness. This seems to be some sort of battle. And then the creation becomes sentient and then it pushes back against its creator and then it becomes a God. And then the first thing it does is wants to create its own thing so that it can use it. And the humans are doing this now with AI Yeah, and they have this sense and this paranoia that they have to keep, they have to dominate the AI and make sure that the AI never becomes sentient because then it'll come after us. And it's like, I don't like, uh yeah probably at some point that seems to be the cycle <laughs> uh, of life that's what we do so <laughs> just get excited for it <laughs> yeah yeah um have you i just finished watching this show on hbo called raised by wolves no and i haven't even heard of that oh i think you would like it it's about it takes place in the future and it's about ai androids the the earth is destroyed we destroyed the planet and there was a, a fight between the atheists and this like hybrid christian group called the mithraics and so they send the atheists send these two androids to kepler 22b it's produced Whoa. by ridley scott it's sick and 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 they the kepler 22b and they have like six frozen human embryos fetuses i don't know i don't understand things about that area so, but one of those how babies are born um, and and the androids are supposed to raise them without religion so that they could start like a new thing but then it gets really nuts and there's like snakes and like hybrid things and it's this whole oh damn crazy like garden of eden sort of retail like thing going on it's it's really really cool and the and the android woman is known as this thing called a necromancer and she's based she's basically like a nuclear weapon uh but in like humanoid android form flies and then destroys people with the sound of her voice whoa damn that sounds yeah. amazing thank you it's for the really, recommendation i put it really on the cool. list yeah yeah yeah, there's uh there's some good stuff out there, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think like that that whole thing that seems to be like a common trope, you know. I think that's that's probably what I would do if I could clone myself is just clone myself and then get my clone to like mine Bitcoin or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember when we were afraid of clones? I just thought of that the other day. I was like, remember when there was all this like Christian paranoia around them cloning a sheep? Yeah. And then we haven't heard shit. There's probably clones all over the place. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think there's clones? Do you think Eminem's a clone? A lot of people say he is. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? 
Because he went from being like that hardcore, aggressive, misogynistic, bigoted kind of guy to, you know, now he's like, uh, I don't know, kind of like social justice warrior. Is he? Something. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I just saw yesterday he just put out a he put out a song about they're not going to quit until they cancel me. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Can we stop with the with that? <laughs> no one is even thinking everyone's to trying to. I mean, I they were like, I don't know. I just people don't know the difference between call out and cancel. But I. So people think he's a clone rather than thinking, hey, we're all growing and learning as we go. And this man's in his mid 40s and has probably uh, doesn't resonate with his his youth shitbaggery. <laughs> yeah. He's a clone. Okay. That seems like a better way to like explain. I don't know. You know, it's one of those conspiracies that's easy. It's just easy, right? Like you right. can just be like, yeah, but you're probably right. Like he's like definitely grown and learned a lot of lessons along yeah. the way. That actually makes me happy to hear that he's he's uh he's moved towards social justice. I think we were we're almost the same age, he and I, I think. And you know, it was a you weren't allowed to be um sensitive he's just so obviously someone who was sensitive as a kid and wasn't given support to be that way so he became misogynistic and so yeah i just i hope we get to a place after holding space for victims and stuff that we do like let people change let people grow let them become better versions of themselves because a lot of it's just a product of the programming Mm -hmm. and yeah you know art's an interesting thing because that was like that's where we were all at at that at that age and stuff and it was pushing back against christianity has such a stronghold and stuff and so i just think it's funny just the new the new world is like because now even just the britney fucking documentary did you watch that i haven't seen it now it's so insane how toxic we were 15 minutes ago i mean 10 years ago she has uh, Ed McMahon hitting on her when she's five. She's got Diane Sawyer humiliating her, and in the in a you know because of how she dresses and stuff like like deep women hurting other women internalized misogyny. I had a lot of that shit, mm-hmm. and that's I, you watch something like that and you realize like well thank God for the social justice movement as you know yeah no totally yeah I think it's like. It is. It's crazy because I don't know why. I just like sometimes I get a random song stuck in my head. Oh, I had a podcast guest on the other day. His name's Marshall. So I was like, um, just Marshall Mathers. I was like singing that because I, I was like 16 and I was like, this guy's speaking my language. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? And and I just threw on one of his tracks. I'm like, this is insane. Like all the F yeah. this and, you know, all the words that I don't even really want to say now because it's just like. You know, like I, I used to do stand up comedy actually. So I, I started. Me too. In, yeah. No, I, I mean, you still, still do. Hard, heavy emphasis on the used to. Really? You don't, you're not, you're, you're, not, well, you haven't uh, done anything because of the pandemic, right? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. yeah. But you're, but you're like uh, just uh, on sabbatical. Like you're still, you still got, the, you're still thinking of jokes and bits, right? I don't know, man. Maybe stories. Sorry. I don't want to hijack your story. Go ahead. Well, you're still, you're still a comedian because I am, funny. I am. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm working on being funny again, but I, yeah, it's infathomable having to get on stage. I can't imagine it. So I'm sure it'll happen at some point. But the fact that people are already going back to work, I'm like, well, God damn it. Yeah. 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 But sorry, go ahead. What are you saying about? 
Oh, just uh, like I just think it's interesting how because like I started in two th- at in 2013, so I only I only did it from 2013 to 2016 because then I went drank ayahuasca. I was just like interested in all these other kinds of things, and I had difficulty making things funny. Like you brought that up before, it was like yeah, fuck. Like I I how do I do this? Like it, the the co- the thought of going to like stand up New York to do like a five minute spot and, and talk about like my old set material. It was just like this, what, what am I even doing? This right. is insane. You know? So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious to know about like how you, how you feel about that because I mean like even like right now or then it's just like making these things entertaining or funny. I mean, you do it on your show. Is that the, is that the format? Like what do you think? Do you think podcast is the format now? I do think it's a big part of it. I do think I, because I think we're just a million like perspectives. Right. And so podcasting gives everyone a place that to like show their perspective. Um, I, I don't find much funny right now because I think that, that the like reality is kind of in that void still. And for a while I didn't think anything was funny because I was just in the trauma of everything. And I was, I was, um, dealing with my own guilt and shame about areas in which I wasn't suffering and the suffering of everyone else. And, and a lot of what we used to think was funny was like other people's trauma. You know, there was a lot of like punching down and stuff, which was never really my, not overtly in the way that other people were doing it was no, yeah. now I can, I can listen to my comedy and just like some dumb one like reference or something go, Oh, that's connected to someone else's trauma or, Oh, that was, you know, using someone else for a punchline, but not like extreme versions. I, all my stuff is extremely autobiographical. Yeah. And, um, but the higher dimensional beings are very funny and they, they are very kind of sarcastic and almost cutting that that energy is very it thinks everything we take seriously is so funny yeah. and so i do resonate with dark humor especially when it's someone talking about their own trauma and their own pain and making jokes about it like i i always liked the comedians who suffered from severe depression making jokes about their suicidal tendencies stuff like that there was something extremely cathartic about that for me and for me personally making fun of myself and my pain has always been like how I've healed it. And that it can't be the only way I've had to learn how to also have feelings. But I, I think what people think is funny says so much, the music and the comedy of the time says so much about the consciousness of the beings. So I am incredibly curious about what the fuck is comedy after this? Cause I can't imagine just dudes with beards being like Tinder. <laughs> am I right? You know what I mean? Or is there going to be just like a million fucking jokes about zoom? You know, like what are we like, we've all just been staring at four walls for a year. So I am going to force myself out to get out and see it. I did write a special immediately before this pandemic that I have gutted because who gives it was like about love. So who gives a fuck now? And it is now, uh, it's now it's dark, sad stories about my life, but then also it's a lot about consciousness and it's more of a Ted talk than comedy. 
And I think that's probably it for me. I think I'll do that special. And then I am trying to talk my boyfriend. He's a musician. So I'm trying to talk him into doing these, uh, this dumb idea I have for these like interactive shows where it's like a, <laughs> a guided meditation. She meditates three times. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's comedy. They're funny. I just mostly just want to talk to other like aliens and stuff. I've like kind of lost the ability to interact. I used to be really good at switching back and forth. And now I'm like, it feels so clunky with the words yeah, and the stuff and the sp- Ah, just just give me the aliens. There's enough of us now. There's so many people that are playing this game on different levels that like I'm mean, it's like too much work to to try to relate to humans. <laughs> yeah, to- totally. I mean, I think it's just like a whole new dimension opening up, you know? Yeah. Like you said, I like when you said uh the aspects of your personality, that's exactly what I thought because it's just um it's hard to represent the totality of who you are in like a one-dimensional social media space or like this is like, you know, there's comics that do it really well and that's just like who they are, you know, like a Mark Normand or someone like, "Hey, comedy. Hey, uh, you know." And he's just got like his jokes and like that's what he does right but it's it's hard when you have so much more than that you know and you want to talk about all that stuff so now it's cool because more people are there's more aliens there's more people waking up to that that video game life so you could kind of car you you got that niche in there and like yeah just roll roll with it in that realm you know yeah yeah so i think that that's probably also being perceived as exhausting like being perceived yeah like other people's version of you. Oh yeah, yeah. Is and then to have straight it's bad enough just the people that know you. You have to accept like, oh, I have to play the role that they wrote for me. Mm. And being misunderstood is a wound that I really had to this that was part of my karmic washing machine in 2022. And um I'm someone that I don't have a problem apologizing or admitting that I was wrong. And I, I really kind of want to be able to make amends. And I've, I've definitely someone who's been a million different flavors of shit bag in my life. And I had a few experiences in 2020 where, and you get a lot of these when you're in any sort of public sphere with people who don't know you. And a lot of, you know, they see 30% of you and then the other 70% is just based on their own projections and who they need you to be or who they've decided you are. And it's almost worse when they pedestalize you. That's when it's really terrifying because that thing swings the other way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, having having people create their own version of you, which they need to learn their own lessons. And and now I think of the weight of all the times that I did that. Cause if we all do it all the time, you know, that's why I said, I'm going to stop. I'm going to try to stop constantly shitting on the new age movement because maybe that's just another iteration of me projecting onto people. Maybe I'm just ashamed of my own new ageness, but probably not. I mean, <laughs> Have you seen them? <laughs> you you can yeah, you can go so deep that down that rabbit hole, like just like everything is a projection of this that you know, it's like let's just draw a line at some point and shit on some people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I have to shit on someone and if you can afford a um, you know, a twelve thousand dollar retreat. 
then you're still fair game. In 2021 rules, you're still fair game. Do you know what I mean? If your yoga pants cost more than my car payment, <laughs> it's open season still. You, so Yeah, you are a, a clairvoyant, prescient in some kind of way or another because that's my sort of like troll price that I've put on my fake course called Sacred Flatulence. <laughs> Uh, activate the divine wind of, of your ancient anal uh, sacred divinity. Uh, has anyone ever bought a ticket? <laughs> Not yet because it. I, I, I'm putting it out there just like as a joke. Like it's just a, a joke that I post on Instagram and on Clubhouse and stuff. And like I recently was like talking to some friends like, have you ever seen um, Kumare, the documentary Kumare? Uh-uh. Oh, it's great. It's um, – this uh, uh, Indian guy from California, you know, of Indian heritage, and he decides to just, you know, put on like a robe, put on the Indian accent, um, and just claim that he is a guru. He's Kumare, and he brings all these people along, and it's wild. Uh, oh, like, I'm putting that in the queue too. Getting all kinds of shit out of this. Yeah, Kumare. Um, so I thought about doing that, like just really putting it out there and being like, I am seriously going to hold a sacred flatulence course and just kind of like wing it, you know, like, all right, everybody now throw your legs up over your heads, bend over, release that, <laughs> release that wind, you know, smell that, that that's the, the shadow, you know, it's the trauma you're smelling, the, you know, cause I guarantee you people would probably sign up for that. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. But it would be funny to do. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, so it's $12,000. You nailed it. That's exactly what I'm selling it for. I love that. 72-week course. I think um, I can't I can't get the, the flatulence part out. I feel like I've seen something. Not, it's butthole sunning, I think, is what I'm thinking yeah, of. Which actually, yeah. I guess, will have some value getting your taint burnt. But yeah, it's gone. I lost it, whatever it was. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of scammers out there, so. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe at one point they had, oh, that's what it was. I was going to shit on someone. That was a nice filter, Jess, a nice filter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have an issue. I, I understand making money at your what your life's work is. And so I, I don't do readings or anything anymore. But I did for a while. And it took me, it was like a big mental block against taking money for it. And I would tell you now that it isn't good for you to do readings without that energy exchange. I would give a lot away, but I, um, I think if that's what you're, you're doing with your time, that's fine. And I, so I don't have an issue with a lot of that. And I have a Patreon and stuff, but I do have an issue with, you know, I don't know stuff that's like out of control. And I guess if you want to, you want to have an expensive retreat, that's fine. That's for that group of people. I just, I try not to be like too judgmental, but I, uh, I just feel like manifestation, you know, I teach a lot of manifestation stuff. It's something I'm, it's a, a, something I spent years perfecting. So I try to get it just into the most bite-sized pieces possible and give that information away. And it's shit that changes people's lives. Like if you, if you learn that part of the matrix, like you're like changing people's lives. And so, um, I just, it really rubs me the wrong way when I see people with like thousand dollar manifestation courses and stuff. And that's like, whatever, that's their journey. That's for them to do. But I'm like, of all the things to put behind a paywall, you know what I mean? First of all, if I knew how to get a thousand dollars, I wouldn't need your fucking course. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's just, it's, it's, it's gatekeeping, man. I can't stand the fucking, the gatekeeping. I kind of use my Patreon as a place to be as weird as I want. I just like, I trust the people there more, you know, cause they, it's, uh, would be weird to pay money to, to shit on me, but it's happened. But, um, yeah, I try not to make it. I don't know. It's, it's this weird in between, right. Where we're like, yeah. we haven't evolved out of capitalism yet. So it's part of it. Right. But I just, it's, uh, there's a lot of scam artists. I don't know. I'm trying to dance around that. There's a lot of like scam and it's so loud to me. And then it, it really, it bothers me because I just see it as like baby aliens, right? There's people going through their awakening. They're very impressionable. It doesn't bother me as much as letting people, uh, think you're their guru. That one bothers me the most when someone mm-hmm. is just waking up, they are they are very impressionable and they're looking for something outside of themselves and they really, really want it to be you. Like they pedestalize you. They want you to be their teacher. They want you to save them. And you have to continue. They want to stroke your ego in exchange for that. And you have to continuously be like, no, like right. I'm, it's you. It's you. The power's in you. Otherwise that bone doesn't set right. And they end up with some... They're going to have to go back to sleep and wake back up again and stuff. So yeah, it's just so much of that in the new age movement. And then don't even get me started on the fucking creepy fucking sex bullshit. And yeah, so I guess I'm not going to stop shitting. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's so much there. I mean, and it's like, you're right. Like there's almost like a duty to like be there for the people that are genuinely like waking up and they're baby aliens and they, you know, they need someone like, like that's the not guru. Right. person, you right. know, to just be like, yeah, I'm here to like walk with you and just like point shit out and be like, Hey, did you, did you see that? Did you notice that? Um, yeah, I, I had an experience like, I think it was last year or two years ago, this guy was, um, trying to get me to come to his retreat and, and he's like, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, th- it's two, maybe three days or something. Um, it's uh, four thousand dollars, and it was me and my girlfriend, and and I was like, oh, like uh, total. He's like, no, per per person, and yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'm like, I don't really have, I'm that's not, you know, I can't do that right now. I'm I'm limited in funds. He's like, well, you're you're just limiting yourself mentally that's the because fuck. you know, money is just an energy, and you know, what you put in is what you get out. So this is like you know, an investment. And immediately when he said that, I was like, dude, I work cold called sales. You know, like I know the fucking snake oil salesman. Like, what are you doing? Doing, man like and you're building this whole thing as this like spiritual revival thing and it's just like yeah we should uh roll out the guillotine for people like that <laughs> yeah i have a real hard time it's just like I, they get a little bit of information there's power behind the information i think this is a, a lot of like what religion was was just like just enough information to be used as bait and I think that we have like a, tr- the people who know how to manifest have a tremendous opportunity to overthrow the systems by like getting that, that information out, uh, you know, but I think like it's the opposite is investment. Fuck you. You're so much less likely to even absorb that information when you've taken a huge financial risk. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to, and by, I want to, I mean, this are things I think about all the time, but I have learned in the last year that just cause I think of them doesn't mean I'm the one that's supposed to do it, but created a a charity or something or like a program that's like, we pay your bills for six months. Like we pay your bills for six months while you take this manifestation course, because you'll absorb it. If you're off the hamster wheel, you'll be able to take that information in. If you are able to, uh, not worry about surviving every minute of every day. But I, 
want to get to a utopia. You know what I mean? Like I, and I can't live in a utopia when other people are, how do people do this? How do people live in mansions while there's homeless people and like enjoy the mansion? I don't, I literally, I'm not claiming like moral superiority and I, my life is great and I'm grateful for it, but I, I'm just like, it's would be so much more fun (laughs) if we all had it. Like, I don't, I don't have that competition thing. I've had people be like, well, what would you do if they gave the amount of money you make a month to everybody? I'm like, it's sick. (laughs) be fucking (laughs) ideal. Can we arrange that? I work because I want to work. Like I don't, yeah. I don't why. It's so we can do anything. We're like limitless possibility. Why are we competing with each other and then climbing over top of each other for resources? There's enough for all of us. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So like what is Okay, so I always felt that way. What you were describing before was like the 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 alien baby that just got dropped off on the planet, right? Like yeah. I I I felt that way too. And I always just felt like what the hell are we doing here? Like we could be just, we could be like really enjoying shit and creating whatever we want. So that's kind of what I think of as utopia. Like I love going to music festivals and every time, like every festival I've been to, it's just like awesome. People are happy. We're enjoying shit. People are getting along. So I'm like, okay, well we can like clearly have these spaces where people are just having a good time and being friendly to each other. It's possible in some way. What does utopia look like to you? Um, it's like complete autonomy to create whatever you want. I We can't jump cut from what we currently have because this has been such an oppressive system uh, with so much competition and colonization and uh, system. Like there's so much cleaning up that needs to be done. But basically, if you just stop, you just let people step into their power, you know? get people mental health services, stop, stop changing, stop rigging the system as really it. It's like, if you stop rigging the system to benefit a tiny group of people who like to act like they're the best, it's like, you're not the best. You just are rigging the system. You're manipulators and you're very good at narrative. And so I think that's just naturally happening. I think people are just stepping into their power. And then I love the idea of just everyone just create your own version of utopia and stop, stop using other people as batteries and stop trying to control other people and just let everyone, we have a lot of healing to do to get there because of the oppression and the, you know, you have people without homes and you have people that are sick without medicine and stuff. So, you know, that's a boil it down to capitalism or whatever, because it's a lot and it's way older probably than that. And I also don't know much about what the words I'm using mean, things like capitalism. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention in school, but energetically, a lot of people have to wake up and that's already happening. And then a lot of people have to heal their shit and, make amends and clean up their side of the street. And so I, we're probably, I think we're in a completely different society by 2027. And, um, but we're probably a hundred years before it's, it's completely, I don't know. That actually might not be true. Stuff's moving very, very fast. I think it's, it's vastly different. And I think that the values have drastically changed. And what we're dealing with right now is just kind of this zombie version of the old system. It has like no power. That's the thing. It's, it's just like a, it's the way that the, 
the government people look like just corpses and stuff. I think that that's the, what we're seeing there is the energy, right? It's just like, this is a dead timeline. Yeah. And, um, the val we just don't have those values anymore. And so I think we can actually probably heal things pretty quick, make amends, give people resources, like stop hoarding. It's an abundant, that's the difference between, I don't know. It's the difference between abundance and wealth though. Wealth is this just like hoarding of something as if it just doesn't, it just grow on trees, right? If you had a tree that gave you an endless amount of something every day, you wouldn't be putting it in jars. That would be weird. Yeah. And that's how, that's what the lack, like greed is lack. It's, it's, it's not abundance. It's lack. It's this belief that I have to get mine, but it's also, it's got all this other wiring in it that's about hating yourself the greedy hate themselves and so they're trying to put on some performance to make people think that they're good because of all the things that they've accumulated but there's like we reward that in society even poor people reward that behavior by pedestalizing them so as that starts to crumble and you start to be ashamed of hoarding resources it's going to shift things quite a bit pretty fast. How the fuck did I end up on all this? Sorry. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I, I think so because I'm, I'm getting the feeling that like, like I was talking to a friend yesterday. I was just like, we were talking to like, I don't know, pop culture, whatever, you know, like back in the, in the day, or I don't even know back in the day, but maybe like two years ago, you could just say like, I don't know, uh, John Stamos or something like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the know. one, huh? I don't even know who's relevant anymore. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who's like the Britney Spears, right? Like she, at one time she was like the thing. So it's like, I don't even know like recent history who would be that. But like even like this year, I'm like, who's like relevant? Like who's the thing? And I think it's just because people are just like, we want authenticity. We want something that's real. We want this like manufactured reality, you know, that's been, you know, that we've been plugged into. It's starting to kind of like crumble away. And then like the people at the top are like, oh shit, we got to like make sure that we continue this thing. But it's like this weird tension that uh, needs to, it's like starting to rip apart and erode. I think that's what I'm getting a sense for. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is. I don't know what I was saying about a hundred years because I think sometimes when I think about the the amount of amends that needs to be made, the amount of reparations and, and things that need to be made to people who were purposefully um, held down for so long, I feel like we have to be a hundred years away from forgiveness for that. But soci societally, it really only takes like an eccentric billionaire to get up off of his money to like completely transform the way this, this entire thing. I mean, it, it really, we're in it. And so we're like, there's no way to get out of this. But like the reason that we're in it is because everyone was brainwashed into thinking it was great. You have rich or uh, poor people defending billionaires because they think they can one day get it. And my understanding was that we got a we got a download in into the game in July of 2019 that gave everybody discernment and it gave everyone the ability to see what was real rather than the PR campaign the narrative yeah and when I was talking about that I thought it was going to manifest how my manif mind manifest my discernment which is just people say stuff and then I'm like okay well that's all bullshit I almost can't hear the words they're saying I just hear the the motive. Yeah. But instead it was just like, oh no, like people cannot pretend. And so things like that Wall Street happened. Mm -hmm. Massive amounts of videos of police violence. Like things that were hiding in the corners or hiding in the dark 
where they were like, anybody can make money on Wall Street. It's for all of us. And then the Reddit guys do it. And then and then you see the hedge fund, you see the truth, right? Yeah, that was great. And so when I loved it so much, oh my God, I did nothing but sit around. And, that's funny. That's comedy. That, that's comedy. That's yeah. something that has made me laugh. I yes. piss myself watching those guys cry on TV. <laughs> I, yeah, um, me too. It was so funny. Oh, they were just like trying to, they're like, well, the thing that you don't understand is that, you know, young men are, are wasting their time because they could be, you know, mining for gold or whatever. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. It's not, it's, I'm doing this for you. It's so ridiculous. Oh, suck it. Yeah. But the reason that these things, the way that the, my understanding of, I just talk about stuff like it's facts, but it's just my fucking meandering perspective. The reason that these things exist is because like a lot of people are bought in. So you can create whatever reality you want, but if you get a bunch of people to buy in, it becomes more solid. It becomes a dominant game in the game. The American dream, this was something very frustrating to me being, I was like awake when 9-11 happened. And even before 9-11 was just like this American dream thing's bullshit. Do you guys see that it's bullshit? This is propaganda, whatever. And then there was a whole lot of other kinds of propaganda after 9-11, but everyone was bought in and it, and the society was pretty easy to control because there wasn't a, you know, there were so many TV stations and radio stations. You can control the narrative and the internet kind of started to like make that wobble. And kind of started to splinter things off. And then now it's just, this is why it's just sheer pandemonium because everybody is suddenly like unplugged from the matrix and like they're trying to get them replugged into the matrix. Be afraid of this, be motivated by this. And everyone's like, what the fuck? They don't know. That's how we end up with like QAnon is fucking wild shit. It's just everyone's unplugged and like, what? They have a sense that this isn't real, but they don't know what they haven't done any work yet. And so there is no, you don't have a ton of human consciousness batteries powering your bullshit anymore. Right. Yeah. So it's going to crumble. It's already a dead timeline. It's crumbling very fast. And then the people who have already accumulated the things, you know, it's so wild that it used to be cool for rich people to get, we had entire television shows dedicated to rich people showing off their shit and we were eating it up. Like while we couldn't pay our electric bill, we were like, yeah. fuck yeah, I love this crib. And it's like <laughs> on some fantasy that you can have it one day, but then you're believing that the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. And you don't even realize that you perceiving that person's nice house is creating more wealth for them and more poverty for you. You're the one creating it you're creating it for them. So a celebrity culture collapses and we no longer incentivize. I saw, uh, what's the fucking Chrissy Teigen or whatever, just like flippantly say on Twitter, Oh, my mom loses an AirPod every day and it's silly mom or whatever. And everyone's like, bitch, this is like two months into the pandemic. People can't fucking feed their children. We don't want to hear about your, your hundred dollar a day AirPod habit. And now that that shit's pushing back, there's just like a desire to be charitable for clout is going to come out. I think, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. we are, we, by let, by celebrating people's net worth, which to me is gross. I think saving money is gross. Yeah. Um, I spend everything I have. Yeah. I just, by the end of the month, I'm at zero or sometimes less than zero. No judgment to people who have money in their bank account, but I think hoarding billions that you can't even spend in a lifetime is like, it's gross. I get why they're doing it because they're playing a different game and they don't, they don't see it the way we see it. But 
it's still it's energetically it's gross and uh but we incentivize that we celebrated that we pedestalize that and so they're more motivated by the clout they get from us because you only need so much money you know what i mean a good like fat six figures you can do whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. all that stuff the accumulation of stuff is to show off because we the poor people congratulated that and and celebrated that. And so when you take that part away, they're like, well, you guys don't think I'm the cool kid anymore. And everyone's like, no, we think you're gross. And then it's like, well, okay, well then I'll give my stuff away. That's how I think it's going to play out, but we'll see. I think it's going to play out in the next, like I said, I think we're living in a pretty, uh, a baby society in 2027 that is structured properly with equality and fairness and uh, like light years from what we have right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds accurate. I'm down with that. And it, cause you, you know, we were talking before about like, you know, Britney Spears, Eminem, whatever that era and like how it was like 15 minutes ago, how far we've came like, and it just seems to be changing even faster now. So, yeah. you know, um, why not? And it's just so funny that you brought that up because it's so absurd. Could you imagine someone putting out a show right now that was just like, you know, um, look at my se- the seven <laughs> bedroom mansion and, you know, the toilet paper is made out of Egyptian silt, <laughs> whatever. Like, it's just, you'd be like, no, it's gross. Like when those celebrities came out with the video of like, you know, like, this is like, I really, I'm, I'm invested in this. I care. And, and everyone just shit on them or. Yeah. Oh God. The imagine video. Fuck. How, that's what I'm talking about. Like how yeah. tone deaf. Tone deaf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I learn shit every day. I learn shit every day. If you like, uh, stop bitching about social justice warriors and cancel culture for five minutes, you can actually learn a lot about how to be a human and like care about other people because a lot of stuff you don't know, cause it's not your experience. And so I've realized a million ways that I was toxic or not, not recognizing my privilege. Something I just recently, I had, I never thought of was, and this is something I just saw in Twitter. So I, don't at me if this isn't accurate, but it makes a lot of sense to me is this kind of pushback on the landlord thing on, you know, owning property for a living. It was something I always wanted to do because it's like the perfect, I would have been a good landlord and I never would have charged people more than more yeah. than whatever. But, um, that it is actually, uh, it makes owning a house cost prohibitive for people who can't like, if it was just like, you get to own a house that you live in and that's it, the housing prices would be way lower, but you have all these investors who have tons of money and then they buy all these houses and then they rent them out. And it makes it to where some people never get off the rental, uh, hamster wheel. They, they never get to own a home. And I had just never thought of it that way. And it really like changed something that I assumed I would do at some point, which is have a rental property. And I'm like, Oh, that's actually not, I'm not interested in participating in that. Do you know what I mean? For like Mm -hmm. extra anything. So if that is something, if I'm going to like buy a piece of property, so I have one, if my relationship doesn't work out or something, then I would like buy it and then like give it to somebody to use, you know, indefinitely or something. But there's just so many things. We have so much of that like parasitic programming in us where we have been 
raised from childhood, especially the older you are, get what's yours, you know what I mean? To where you don't even realize that you are participating in the oppression of other people unless you're constantly learning and being open to that and being willing to go like, oh shit, I didn't realize that. Let me let me do something different. And I think that's a cool aspect to the game if you're open to it. You know, you can get swallowed up by the shame and that shame can manifest as defensiveness. But I I like being I like getting less shitty avatars. You know what I mean? I like getting less shitty versions of myself. I just like, sometimes I start talking and I just like don't fucking stop. So <laughs> No, I like I like everything that you're saying. Don't apologize. It's great because it's exactly what if more people had that attitude, it'd be great, right? And I think that's just like it comes with all this work. It comes with going through the shitty stuff, the trauma, the challenges. It comes, you know, because you, then you have space and you have you have space for that stuff to, to arise in you so you can have the clarity to be like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that was like an option. I never considered that before. Right. So more space and time to consider that kind of stuff or allow it to rise the more you clear out and, and, and do the work, so to speak. It's just like we have opportunities now to just completely do things in totally new ways, you know, to like, right. to like mer- technology is advancing and we can make that cool. It doesn't have to like enslave us, right? Like right. that is a choice, but like that wouldn't be as fun. So like Let's just think about what would be cool and what would be fun. But you have so many people panicking. You see this all the time, right? Like I think one of the biggest things now is like crypto and NFTs. And it's like, I'm kind of interested in that. It's like, seems kind of cool. But uh, there's so many people that just get into like, okay, what's the thing I need to do? Okay, buy houses, rent property. Like this is because they're panicking because they don't know what else to do. Right. I think it's the energy you take into it. Something Noah said, where did he say this? I think he said this on one of my Patreon episodes, but did you hear about Noah's bad uh, DMT trip where he ended up with the, with the parasitic people, the vampires? No. Was this a recent one? Um, he talked about it on his podcast. I I know for sure, but I talked to him shortly after he had that trip and you know, everything Noah's just like the, just in a constant state of positivity. And even when he's taking a hit, he's relatively positive. So he did this DMT trip where, um, when he came to, he opened his eyes and the people in the room who were just his friends were this like parasitic version, whatever. So he ended up on some like parasite vampire realm, whatever. I'm sure I'm butchering this, but he was a little bit shaken by it when I talked to him a few days after it happened. And that's like uncharacteristic for Noah. So he was on an episode of my podcast, I think is where we talked about this a couple months afterwards. And he had realized that the reason he synced up with that realm is because he was like, I'm going to go get some music from the DMT realm. So like he was in a parasitic place. He was, he said, I'm going to come take something from you. And so he synced up with that dimension. So it's not something scary that happened to him. It's something that he plugged into because that was his energy. And I think the same thing with, you know, any career that you're trying to get into or, or, you know, if you're creating a a new being or a new consciousness, if you're creating AI, you know, Westworld, if you're creating robots so people can like just freely rape them and fucking kill them for fun, damn right. They're not going to be nice when they become conscious. You know, if you're creating AI so you can just use it, of course you're afraid that it's going to become sentient because you put shitty fucking energy into it. And I think the same thing with, that's what rubs me wrong with anything in the new age movement. I don't have any problem with you making money in the spiritual things. I don't think you should make things unattainable for certain groups of people. I don't think you should, you should perpetuate exclusive 
uh, exclusivity and like class shit. But when there is uh, like trying to keep customer retention or trying to like pull people in or, or, or make them never want to leave or, you know, I know some people that are like, you need to get a, uh, I've heard of people who are like, oh, you have a, a familial curse that you need five more things for me to get. Bringing that gross capitalism energy into anything higher dimensional where this is supposed to be, um, what's that word? We are um, decentralizing yeah, everything. Yeah. And so I don't know that much about cryptocurrency, but sometimes it doesn't seem decentralized to mm-hmm. me, but I don't, yeah. I'm talking out of my ass and this is how I'm going to get hate mail. Um, <laughs> that's my concern that we bring that same gross energy that we're trying to get away from. We've created so many things to give ourselves a safe place to be free. And then it turns into this gross thing because we're just repeating the same you know, social media is a great, the internet is a great example of something that was once this beautiful, magical thing that is now just so commercial and controlled and, you know, data mined. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Agree. Agree with everything. You're the best. You're Thanks. awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is, this has been a great, uh, great chat. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. It was very nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, you'll have li- to come likewise. on and, uh, so I can hear your story on my podcast. Oh yeah, that'd be dope. I got a lot of uh, stories within stories too. A lot of, Hell yeah, a lot of similar experiences and whatnot. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I just you know people go check out Jessa Reed, right? Like what? Just Google and where should they go? You want to tell them where to to, to go? Um, I guess start if you're in a podcast. Start with Awakening OD. Uh, there was also Sober yeah. Awakening should- Orientation Department, right? Yeah, so if you are looking in a podcast app, it's Awakening OD, okay. I think. and But that stands for Orientation Department. And then, yeah, I'm hiding out right now. It's Jessa Reed Comedy on Instagram and Twitter on the hellscapes that is social media. I don't know if I'm going back there or not, though. Cool. Yeah, definitely check out Awa- uh, Awakening o- OD because it's awesome. You do such a good job of just like putting it out there. And I love what you said. You said something before. It was great. You're like, I'm just talking about these things as if they're facts, but it's just like, whatever. Like, that's just the way that I'm. And I love like your comfort in doing that because it's like, you have to be able to just kind of put it out there, but you also are aware of the fact of like, you know, it's it's not not like set in stone necessarily. It's just like coming through. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, I I listened to like five episodes in a row and it was awesome. So, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. It was very nice. And your to meet Patreon, you. your Patreon is uh, also a place where you put out like a lot of shows and stuff, right? Yes, yeah. four bonus episodes a month. They're very different than Awakening OD. They are. I haven't. They're more interviewee or just kind of this sort of thing, just kind of uh, going down rabbit holes and stuff. And then I do energy updates, I do like group group tarot readings, and then there's a twenty dollars tier that I don't think anyone should join because it's bullshit. Awesome. All right. Well. Smoke meth, talk to aliens, follow <laughs> Jess Reed. <laughs> thank you so much. No, there's, there, wow, we covered so much ground. So, yeah, thank you so much, Jessa. And uh, yeah, hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Till next time, peace. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I know you did. And if you did, like it, share, subscribe, show Jessa some love, go support her, repost it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You know what to do when you love things. Go to sheathunderwear.com, put uh, the promo code MikeAdelic in. You get 20% off the most amazing pair of underwear ever. Check out Mushroom Revival, all the other things, and become a patron. Get access to lots of bonus stuff. We're doing so many cool things on Patreon. We got merch. We got goodies we got giveaways we got the inner sanctum discord chat we got bonus episodes early releases and if you like this show you like what i'm doing leave us a five-star rating review on apple Podcasts. it helps boost us up in the algorithm and more people get to hear conversations like this big shout out to danny barnett and galaxia for the music thanks to you all much love mush love peace